How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi. Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Today was our special episode for the Ward 4 candidates. We've interviewed each candidate. Those will be coming up. But first, get down to paying some bills. Absolutely. Derek, if you're looking to move into Ward 4 or list your house in Ward 4, reach out to our presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 64 years of combined real estate experience. That's over 25,000 closings since 2009 on the buying or selling side of real estate. They are ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available when you need them. Had the opportunity to speak with Terry Thomas yesterday, visit about uh, her business, visit about Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, and she reminded me, now's a great time to sell your house. Coming up into the spring, it's a really, really good time to take advantage of their offer right now. Free, no obligation market analysis. That is a free, no obligation market analysis. They want to be your realtor, but if they can't be, they'll point you in a solid direction on your home. Reach out to Brian and Terry and their team at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com for your free, no obligation market analysis. The interviews for the special show you're about to enjoy happened at the How to Barbecue Right Shop Studios. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street right here under the water tower. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. They have sauces, cast iron, knives, thermometers, cutting boards, and some really cool high-end smokers. If you've ever seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop today. You can call them at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Or again, 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics. Stop in to visit today. The How to Barbecue Right shop will be having a grand opening this coming Saturday, March 6th. That's this Saturday, March 6th. They'll be doing all kinds of cooking and sampling. It'll be a really big event. Again, the grand opening for How to Barbecue Right Shop, right past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street, this coming Saturday, March 6th, for their grand opening. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology, such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows their dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. They are my dentist, and they should be your dentist. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. This special episode brought to you by Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider. Lauderdale Insurance is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 429-5213. That's 429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. That's Lauderdale Insurance Agency on Facebook. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, 
Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. Again, 662-892-8419. Or reach them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. As we've mentioned, this is a special episode. Uh, the first interview is with Chad Wicker. Chad Wicker is a candidate for the Ward 4 Alderman position. Earlier this week, Matt sat down with Chad Wicker, so we'll go to that interview now. Glad to be joined this morning by Chad Wicker. Chad is a candidate for the Alderman spot for Ward 4 here in the Hernando Spring elections. Chad, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Well, Chad, uh, really simple. I mean, you've obviously, uh, you and I talked a little bit off air. You have listened to the previous podcast that we've had such good success with. The Ward 4 Alderman candidates, the Ward 3 candidates last week uh, have just got, had a lot of uh, good feedback. And, and again, in the world of debates, I'm sorry, in a world of not able to have debates or something face-to-face with other uh, candidates, this is kind of a way to get your uh, vision heard for Hernando. So let, let's just jump right into it if you're okay with that. Just like we ask everybody the same thing, what brought you to Hernando, Mississippi? First, I want to say uh, I appreciate what you, Matt, and what and Derek and guys you guys do with this podcast uh, to get the to get the issues with Hernando brought out. Uh, we really appreciate that. I came to Hernando in 1998. Uh, my mother worked in the gaming industry, and she we moved here. And she moved here for the same reasons I think people still move here: low taxes, good neighborhoods, and safe schools. Just at 23 years. Yes, yes, that's Hernando right. Hernando resident. Okay. That's right. Like you said, your mom moved here for the for the gaming. That's when the boom was, late sure. 90s. Sure. Uh, you know, a lot of people didn't want to live in necessarily in Tunica, so Hernando was definitely able to boom. Mike McClendon mentioned that on his interview about 60 days ago. So we she when we moved here, uh, she looked at South Haven, Horn Lake, and she decided to come to Hernando, and that's that's where that's how we ended up here. So Gotcha. Uh, graduate from Hernando High School. Graduate from Hernando High School in 2003. Go Tigers. So Yeah. It's amazing how you kind of look up and it's like 17 years since high school graduation. Yeah, it's it's uh it's been a while, and I still talk to several of our you know my classmates and 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 several of them are supporting me live in the ward, so I appreciate that. Tell us what you currently do, what your current work experience is, and maybe uh, kind of work experience over the last you know 10, 12, 15 years. Yeah, so for the last 15 years since I since I came graduated from Ole Miss, I um, I have worked for the sheriff's department. I started out working in the detention detention center, uh, and I currently am the director of the detention services for the DeSoto County Sheriff's Department. So I oversee the adult detention facility and the juvenile detention facility. I have a staff of about 125 employees and about a $9 million budget. And that's going to be the new one over off of Aiden? That's right. So, so we have we have the adult facility off of Aiden there, uh, and then we have the juvenile facility, which is still downtown at the old sheriff's location. Uh, we've remodeled that building some, but there still is a juvenile facility there. Uh, you said graduate from Ole Miss. Uh, I'm assuming 2007, 2008-ish? Well, so I, I started there. Okay, started there, gotcha. I, I started in 2000. Uh, well, actually, I, st- I went to Northwest for a couple sure. years, and I went to Ole Miss for a couple years, and I didn't finish, and I went back and finished a couple uh, about six years ago. Wow. Uh, so I, I have a bachelor's degree from University of Ole Miss, or University of Mississippi, and then I have a master's degree. I went back and got my master's. Uh, I completed that in 2018 uh, in public administration from Arkansas State University. Okay. So the degree from Ole Miss, is it criminal justice-based? Uh, political or? science. Political science, okay. Uh, has working for the sheriff's department did that something that always interested you or or that type of uh, public service was that something you you always into, were interested in sure i've always been interested in public service and helping others when i was younger i wanted to be a police officer sure. right so when i got uh, got back to to hernando after college I, I ran to a friend of mine and said hey are y'all hiring to sheriff's department he said yeah sure and at that point i wanted to be a police officer on the streets and i started working in jail and just kind of fell in love with you know the, that part of criminal justice uh, system uh, being able to help people on you know some of their worst days in their life, worst time in their lives, uh, rehabilitation is a big thing now. So we we started so many programs in the jail to help with that. But I just kind of grew grew on me, and I, I like it's something different every day. So and I was able to work my way up to to where I'm at now. We we, we try to do you know some good things in the sheriff's department in the jail. The amount of programs that are in inside the sheriff's department, inside the criminal justice system, that have nothing to do with just you know the police officers on the street. They're, it's way deeper than that. So that's pretty neat that that was the experience you had and it, it kind of started to shape hey this is the direction i want to go well the joke the joke we always say is is the police officer deals with that person for you know maybe an hour right. three four hours and we're dealing with them for once they come to jail sometimes they're in, in our custody at the sheriff's department therefore you know sometimes you know three or four years depending on the charge and nature of the is- right. incident and you might see guys three or four years and then you think you don't not going to see them again and you see them again right so our <laughs> recidivism rate is, is about 60 percent so 16 60 60 so wow. so about six out of ten people come back to jail the same year wow uh, 
Um, and so that's what we're trying to get down. That's what sure. you see the criminal justice is trying to do. But, you know, some people just are not going to do right, unfortunately. So it's tough, man. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's, we could we could sit here for hours and discuss that, the different stuff about the criminal justice system um, from a standpoint of repeat offenders and guys that, you know, just can't quite seem like you said, you see them again. It's tough. Hey, well, tell me about this. From your work experience, uh, you know, with the jail, there at the detention center, uh, with your experience at the sheriff's department, how do you think that translates to the alderman position? Again, candidate for Ward 4, which let's call it what it is, kind of the downtown area. Yeah, so right? yeah, that's right. Yeah, where does Ward 4 run uh, run to? Just simple. So so basically the south part is Losher Street, and right. it goes all the way up to uh, just south of Green Tea, uh, Green Tea Road, the uh, Deer Creek, Fort Creek area up okay. there. Deer Creek, Fort Creek, and, and definitely that downtown area. Um, again, Mike McClendon, uh, I mentioned just a few moments ago, Mike Mike has chosen not to run uh, for his uh, seat uh, after years of service. Mike is the um, senator for this area down in the um, – down in the legislature in Mississippi, and he felt uh, he just couldn't serve two situations there, so that kind of opened up this door. Um, and 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 you know, for Chad and, and another gentleman, Mitch Lemon, to uh, pursue the Ward Four Alderman seat. So, from your work experience, what do you think that helps you bring to the Alderman position for the uh, for Ward Four here in Hernando? Well, I think it's very simple. An alderman in, in, in the city at, at the city of Hernando has a lot of power, right? They they have to approve all hires, all fires. Uh, they approve the budget process. Uh, they they do a lot of the business, you know, as far as uh, approving planning for the businesses, zoning, and so forth. And I have a, just a lot of experience in in, in all that. So, uh, as I said, I, I manage 125 staff uh, department and that works in the jail for me. So I am very familiar with hiring, firing at the public uh, in public government, which is a little different than uh, private sector. And that's one of the main things an alderman does. Also, I'm very familiar with budgeting. Like I said, I, I look at a nine million dollar budget. That's what we do. That's what we we uh, operate uh, both the detention facilities with. And so I think Hernando's budget is right about $17 million from what I understand. And and, and there's some budget things I don't agree with. That that's something I think it, it, the new board's going to have to look at. And I think I have experience doing that. As far as planning, I've been on the planning commission for the city of Hernando for the last four years. I've learned so much about the planning uh, laws and, and uh, the regulations in our city and, and and for and for so long, and for you know what I always say is perception is reality, and and, and the reality, the perception in uh, in the business community is Hernando is uh, not is anti-business to a point, and we have to change that. And I that's why on my website I've put out a couple plans where I think we got should sit down with some business leaders in town and have a roundtable, uh, we can get all the stakeholders on the same page, and let's let's sit down and see what we can do to change that perception, because uh, we all we want to see Hernando grow and be good be good. Tell us that website. My website is chadwickerms.com, uh, C-H-A-D-W-I-C-K-E-R-M-S.com. I mean, commerce, I think uh, last week I had a chance to sit down with Dustin Alstein, local realtor, and when I asked him, wait, what was your reason for running for Alderman? You know, which I want to get that to you in just a second. What was your reason for running for Alderman? Dustin was like, man, I helped some friends of mine, and it just he felt like it was really more difficult than it should be for a business to move to Hernando. Well, so in 2017, when when Mike was reelected, he asked me to, to be his to be on the planning commission his in his spot he appoints. Uh, and when I and I when I said yes, I, I learned so much about uh, some of the issues that I've heard for so long right. with businesses trying to develop. And and not saying that the city is wrong. Certainly not. Certainly we need to have regulations. But I think the the process could be streamlined to 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 help. Uh, be pro- more pro-business. Well, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I told the story when I interviewed Dustin about a gentleman that I know here in town that has owned a build- building now coming up right up at a year, and it's been tough. It's sure. been it's been tough sure. for him to kind of get his vision uh, started, really kicked off. So I would agree with you there. Um, like I just mentioned a second ago, why did you choose to or why did you uh, decide to run for alderman for Ward 4? Well, uh, when I spoke at the Republican uh, candidate forum the other day, I, I mentioned the reason why I ran for Alderman. It's very simple. I love Hernando. This is where I grew up. This is where I'm going to raise my family. It's a great town. I, th- I think there's some issues coming down the pike with the growth. We have Madison Lakes growing uh, on, on basically the north uh, northwest or northeast side of town, and then we have uh, the Hernando West on the west side of town. If those are not managed correctly, and if, if we don't have leaders in, in place to understand the, the correct place the citizens want our city to go, uh, we're going to be in some bad shape. I mean, you're, you're totally right. The northeast corner, uh, Madison Lakes Project, the southwest uh, or south this, yeah, southwest, I guess, kind of area, Hernando, well, Hernando West, that's yeah. the name of it. You know, what? A, two huge projects. I mean, really, really big projects. And you're simply saying, hey, if Hernando doesn't steer things in the, in the correct way, it can get away from us probably pretty easily. Right, and there's some other uh, some other you know cities in this county that 
I don't think has controlled their growth correctly, and we've seen where those have ended up. We don't want to be that. All right, so everybody has a platform for running. You mentioned your uh, your website, chadwickerms.com. You mentioned that website. I'm assuming a lot of stuff I'm about to ask you is going to be there. Everyone who's running for alderman or the mayor here in Hernando has to kind of think about, you know, like you said, why you wanted to run as well, but also what, do I, what are the things that are important to me? So what would you consider your main platform, main things on your platform for Chad Wicker, Alderman, War 4? Yeah, you can go to my website, again, chadwickerms.com, or my Facebook page, Chad Wicker, Alderman Ward 4. There's several issues that are important to me. Public safety, you wanna, you know, I, I'm as, a, as, a, as an employee of the Sheriff's Department, I'm very knowledgeable of the first responders we have in our county, their professionalism. Uh, and that's just not, not just the police department, the fire department. A lot of times I think the fire department gets left out. Uh, we have a great fire department in Hernando, and they need to make more money, and we're going to get them there if I'm elected alderman. So public safety is a big issue, and they, they need to make sure we have the right equipment. The next thing is... Uh, uh, fiscal responsibility. I don't think we've been very f- uh, fiscally responsible in the city of Fernando over the last couple of years. One of the things I call myself is a common sense conservative. I think it doesn't make common sense to uh, run your budget at home by using our credit card. So we should not be balancing our city budget by borrowing money every year. That just doesn't make any sense. And the next thing is infrastructure. Uh, our infrastructure is is aging. This We're probably the oldest city in the county, and our infrastructure shows that. We need to develop a long-term, comprehensive capital improvement plan. And, and what I mean by that is we need to, and they've done this to an extent in 2018, they need to go back and look at some of the streets, you know, rate them and what needs to be fixed, what doesn't need to be fixed, what's that, what that need to be how much do we need a budget each year to do that? And from my understanding, from talking to the the current mayor, it's about $2 million a year is what it's going to take to maintain our streets and improve, the, improve them. So we need to budget that every year. And, and just for example, this year, I think they budget $800,000. Right. So we're not, we're not meeting that point. So we have to, you know, look at our budget, make a decision, make some hard choices and get our budget to where it needs to be. For example, you know, I, I work at the sheriff's department. We, the county supervisors uh, do their budgeting uh, process and they have, they start that process in April, you know, March, April, and they, they have committees. That's something the city of Fernando does not do. And that's something I will bring to the Board of Aldermen. So having a balanced budget, triple B's here, having a balanced budget with no borrowed money that's would right. be very important. That's right. Is there a particular one thing maybe that stands out more, most of all, or or was it the, the fire department pay and stuff like that? I mean, what was that? Well, I mean, just just all those issues. There's so many issues. Yeah. I mean, you, you try to limit to three or four just as your talking points, right? But, I mean, like efficiency, government efficiency. Uh, for, for, for whatever reason, I think you guys have talked uh, in detail about the, the ward redistricting that should have occurred in 2000, I think 2009, basically, and we just got that done. Right. That's the kind of stuff that we can't it just it makes the city look bad and we can't do that anymore. Just like I mentioned just a little while ago about the 2018 uh, capital improvement plan that was created. It's just sitting on the on the mayor's shelf, just sitting there. And they talk about it every year and it doesn't get done. We have to get things done. We have to be effective and efficient. You right. know, this is not Washington, D.C. This is the city of Fernando. We've got to get things done. Politics is local, Derek, and I say it seems like every week we talk about things being local. Uh, and like you mentioned, just in the short time we've had this podcast or visit about this podcast, so you're simply saying, hey, guys, if we're going to bring out these in these outside groups and we're going to pay them $60,000 a year to give us a, a plan or a comprehensive stuff or here's what Hernando needs to do, let's not look up 10 years later and do another one and we didn't do anything to the one previously. Right. And that's probably more than one administration. That's probably goes back several Sure, while, and yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm talking negative about any of the current sure, elected sure. officials, the mayor, the old mayor. As I'm learning, as I'm stepping out and, 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 and seeking office, I understand the critiques you're going to get from people. And, and I, I generally believe everybody who runs for office and everybody who's elected in office is doing it for the right reasons. Sure. I don't think there's anybody who's not doing that. Uh, but just another example, the animal shelter, that's kind of a hot bus- uh, button issue I've heard about. Uh, the money's approved for the animal shelter, just it's not being done because from my understanding is uh, they want, they, the, the, the plans on the animal shelter keep changing. Right. So I think, it, uh, was it half a million dollars that the, the town uh, gave? Uh, Derek and I'll figure that out, but I think it was around a half million dollars that was approved to begin on the animal shelter. Yeah, and I, I, I think the plans came back at more expensive. Right. So from my understanding, I think the, the initial uh, money was approved in a bond, I think, in 2016 or 17. Right. And then uh, that was not enough from what I understand. So they approved some more money, I think, in 17 or 18. Right. And, and 
they've done some dirt work and that's about it. That's something it needs to be get done. If anybody's seen the current animal shelter, <laughs> it's not really an animal shelter; it's right. a garage. Right. So, and, and I agree with you there. But most people don't may not know that may not know hey that that you know that Hernando has done a lot when it comes to the animal shelter for approving money and funds and so forth and so on. I mean, you can approve up to a half million dollars, but if the budget to build something is nine fifty, where's the rest of the money going to come from? Right. That's the and, tough part. And, and and what I'm I think what I'm trying to get at is there, there's no leadership. Uh, on the board to say, hey, let, let's let's have a meeting with these three aldermen. Let's come up with a plan and let's present it to the rest of the aldermen and let's let's get this thing done. Sure, there, that that's not happening right now. I think I think that's going to change when we elect some of these people that's coming up. A few seconds ago, you mentioned something about. Well, I kind of felt like my next question was going to go into to this. What has it been like running for alderman last ninety days? I think you were the first one to jump in in Ward Four. What has it been like? In the last ninety days, as as <laughs> calmly as you can mention, <laughs> well, it's it's, it's, it's been great to be honest with you. I'm I'm kind of exaggerating about you know uh, we were talking off air about you know kind of the hardship of it, but it's 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 really been good to meet people who who are fellow Hernandoans who have the same issues. You know, the baseball fields are cl- closed down because it's raining. You know, those things. It's the same same kind of issues, and it's been great to sit down and talk about that and talk about my vision and what I think can be changed and what can be done different differently. And I, I think I think it's called on I, I, the support. Uh, for my campaign has been out tremendous. I feel like my, my message of common sense, conservative practices is very is very good. It's a good message, and uh, you know I always I just want to make Hernando a great say a great place to live, work, and raise your family. That's kind of my my talking point that I. I talk to people about. All right, so everyone loves the small-town charm of Fernando. That was something Derek and I said when we were starting to put these questions together. Let's go ahead and start the question that way because most people would go right into that. So everyone loves the small-town charm of Fernando, but growth is here and will continue to happen. Knowing that, what is one thing about Hernando you would not want to change? Well, so I'm, I'm lucky I get to go fourth down the list, so I've kind of heard a couple exactly. of these. So I feel sorry for Natalie and Chris Tall. They had, they had to go first. Yeah. But the thing that I think that I don't want to see change is that sense of security in our town. Uh, when, when you know, you feel comfortable sending your kids to go play outside, you know, if you have a – yeah, you lock your keys in your car, you can call the local police department. They'll, they'll come unlock your car for you. That's things that doesn't happen uh, in a lot of communities anymore. Yeah. And I don't ever want to lose that in Hernando. Right. So the the saying "protect and serve" in Hernando is something you you want it to always be that way, right? You know, you you feel comfortable sending your wife or your daughter to the Kroger to get gas or something like that. That's not so much the case in some of our other communities right now, and especially up north across the state line. I want to keep that in Hernando. Always be a safe safe community to to work. And right. Play. That I mean, that sounds like a good goal for any candidate. Kind of wrapping up everything uh, again. Chad Wicker, candidate for Alderman of Ward Four, basically. Cross Creek, all, all the Hernando uh, downtown area, um, Memphis Memphis Street uh, down down across from the funeral home there, Elm Street that whole area there, Robinson, uh, the north side of Robinson when you cross 51, right. and then all of Robinson when you cross. Um, it, it's the, the redistricting is kind of it's, it's our I think our district got changed the most. Okay. It got shrunk down pretty bit, a pretty good bit. So, uh, but that's basically it. Like I live I live off of DeSoto Avenue, so DeSoto Avenue. Uh, Robinson, Deer Creek, Cross Creek, uh, Fort Creek, I guess right. what you call it, and then uh, Parkway. Right. So, again, the wards just changed. Educate yourself. Most most people got the card in the mail and stuff, but take a look at Ward 4, all the different neighborhoods that Chad just mentioned. Uh, this is, you know, one of the candidates that you will be uh, choosing from, so be sure and educate yourself for sure. Chad, just to end the show the same way with everybody, if, if I'm pushing my grocery cart to put it up, and you're campaigning out in front of Walmart, Kroger, whatever it is, and you had two minutes with me, give me your spiel or give me why I should vote for you, Chad Wicker, for Ward 4. Well, I think I'm, I'm very qualified for the position. Like I said, I'm a, a 2003 graduate of Randall High School. I've lived here and worked here my entire adult life. Uh, I have very good relationships with uh, other city leaders, leaders at the county level, the state level, and I'm going to work to make Hernando a great place to live, work, and raise a family. And I'm going to do that by maintaining public safety, uh, improving uh, city's infrastructure, improving our parks department, and working hard to do the right thing. Sheriff Rasco is one of my mentors, uh, and he's always told me if you do something for the right reasons, you're going to get the right results. Right. And, and that's what I'm going to do if I'm elected alderman. Tell us that website one more time. ChadWickerMS.com. And my Facebook page is Chad Wicker Alderman Ward 4. Please visit those. I have my contact information on there if you have an email or a question or if you have a group that wants me to come speak. uh, I'm available to do that. I've done that to a couple different church groups and things, so uh, very available. Thank you. Yeah, Chad, I can't thank you enough for coming in. UTW Podcast, Ward 4 candidate for the Alderman seat here in Hernando. Chad, thanks again for coming in. Thank you. Again, I want to thank Chad Wicker. 
for coming on the show, for taking time out of his busy schedule to come on and sit down with us and just get his point across and get what he wants to see uh, for the betterment of Hernando uh, and for the Ward 4 Alderman position. So, again, I hope that uh, y'all enjoyed listening to that. Of course, we've got Mitch Lemon, the other candidate, coming up next. But first, let me tell you about North Point Christian School. They are over the moon excited to announce that they have added an evening open house for the month of March. Monday, March 22, 2021, they will have an evening open house at 6 p.m. Swing by after work and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. NCS is conveniently located in DeSoto County near the intersection of Goodman and Getwell Roads. For nearly 50 years, the school has been delivering a high-quality and affordable private education that is distinctively and unapologetically Christian. School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school health and safety, as well as their unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offerings. Reserve your spot today by contacting the Director of Admissions, Mrs. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, Ms. Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. With spring right around the corner, now is the time to start thinking more about your lawn. For help with that, Call Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Whether it's winter cleanup, fencing, fence repair, or any type of outdoor need at your home, please give Richard and his team a call at 662-292-8855 or find him on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's 662-292-8855 or find him on Facebook. Again, Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. You know, Derek, some of these candidates, whether they win or lose, may be looking for a vacation when this is all said and done. And if you're looking for a vacation in the Hernando area, reach out to Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here under the water tower. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. You can reach them at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or check out their Facebook and Instagram page at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. Again, this is a special episode of the Under the Water Tower podcast where we are interviewing the two candidates for the Ward 4 Alderman seat here in Hernando. Thank you again to Chad Wicker for the earlier interview. Now we will turn our attention to Mr. Mitch Lemon, the other candidate. So we're going to go to his interview with Derek now. This morning we welcome Mitch Lemon. Uh, candidate for Ward 4 Alderman. Good morning, Mr. Lemon. Good morning, sir. Thank you for your time. Yes, sir. Uh, so what we're doing today, as we're doing with all the other candidates, we're going to ask you just some questions uh, and then kind of piggyback off of those if there's something that we kind of want to delve e- deeper into. So I want to start you off this morning. Uh, what brought you to Hernando? Well, my wife and I, six years ago, uh, right before my daughter started attending elementary school, we rode around. We went to various communities. Uh, in North Mississippi, and we decided uh, we just ended up coming back to Hernando multiple times, and we kind of fell in love with it. I'm originally from Arlington, Tennessee, so therefore there's a lot of similarities, and you know, at one point Arlington used to be a one stoplight town. Now it's obviously grown leaps and bounds. I really liked Hernando. I like the feel of it, quiet, country community, uh, which is what I've known pretty much my whole life. Mm -hmm. And uh, my wife is originally from South Haven, so therefore it was close. And with relatives being close by as well, it was uh, pretty much a grand slam for us. Excuse me, what year did y'all move here? 16. All right, so been here about five or six years. Know the community, been here for a while, seen it, you know, even grow in that five or six years that you've been here. Before this, you know, obviously we'll talk in just a moment about why you want to become alderman, but uh, up to this point, what has been your work experience and and what kind of do you bring to the alderman position? Well, I am a uh, public servant. Uh, I'm a driver with the Memphis Fire Department. I've been there for 27 years. I'm also a member of uh, Tennessee Task Force One, which is uh, one of 26 federal urban search and rescue teams that we travel uh, all across the United States in you know, natural disasters such as hurricanes, tornadoes, uh, weather-related events. You know, God forbid we ever have another man-made event like what happened on 9-11. 
uh, will also respond to that. It's something that's been very rewarding for me. Uh, I've had the opportunity of meeting some fabulous people. It's uh, brought about a new perspective in my life, you know, over the years that I, I, I did not have before. And it, to be quite honest, is very humbling. So you're obviously familiar then with the public sector uh, working in it. Um, I do want to kind of uh, actually. So, how does that the Tennessee the Task Force One work? Do y'all do are y'all mandated by the state to go somewhere? Are y'all called out by the agencies themselves, whether natural disaster takes place, like by the state or by the local government, or how does that work? The way that the process works is is that uh, whatever the area is, uh, if it is a uh, rural area, whoever the uh, person in charge is, if it's a major city, it'll be their mayor contacts their governor. The governor contacts the president, and obviously you have to have a federal uh, declaration of emergency. Mm -hmm. Then we respond and we plug in with uh, the local people that are there. Uh, you know, we have liaisons in between, and uh, we fill in and uh, assist them in their needs. Very interesting. You always hear about you know, states helping each other out and, and sending, you know, whether it's, you know, electrical companies having to go from state to state to help. Uh, yes, sir. Those guys are amazing. And then, uh, of course, in the task force, too. So we really do appreciate your service and all that you do for that. Thank you. All right. So you are familiar then. Uh, obviously, the, the fire department is one part of the city. Mm -hmm. uh, it is, it'd be one of the four or five different parts of the city that make up the, the budget. Yes, sir. And so you are familiar with that. So from that work experience, what does that help you bring to the alderman position from your, I guess, public work sector? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Because generally when we are called... Uh, we are called at people's uh, most dire time of need. I have a gift of being able to talk to people. I have a gift of being able to uh, settle people in their in their toughest times. I'd like to also think, you know, I bring a perspective to the alderman position that from my knowledge, we've never had anyone that serves on this board that was an active member of another agency other than, you know, from within the city of Hernando. So therefore, um, yes, I do you know, come from Memphis. Memphis has its issues, just like Hernando, Olive Branch, South Haven, Horn Lake. You know, everyone has issues, but I'd like to think I bring a new perspective uh, to what we have down here. And uh, hopefully with a lot of luck and the good Lord's help, I can uh, bring a good positive influence to the board. And I can also assist in educating the board when uh, the fire chief, the police chief, or whomever comes and they uh, speak in terminology that I understand, mm -hmm. I can turn around and explain that to the board, you know, without wasting time. In other words, if the, if the, either one of the two chiefs asks for a proposal on X, Y, Z, and they use terminology that I understand, I can turn around without them having to go line item by line item and ask, you know, either one of the two chiefs, the question I can answer that you know, on the front end, so it makes a seamless, uh, you know, transition. Right. So, and then of course that you're talking a lot of that would be you know, during budget time when they're asking for certain yes, things, or you know, when the the city's looking, unfortunately, have to cut things uh, to to get under budget. That you would maybe know, especially if maybe in the uh, the fire department, especially, but also maybe in a couple of the other public sectors, you know, what may need to stay and what you know probably should be or could be done away with. Well, I, I've had the opportunity to speak to. Uh, several of the bureau heads I haven't had a chance actually public works and uh, planning are the only two that I've and parks or are, are, I haven't had the opportunity to talk to them yet uh, but I've talked to the police chief and the uh, and the fire chief as well about kind of setting up for uh, what are your wants versus your needs and you know how can how can I help you and how you can help me if I'm lucky enough to be elected? Fabulous conversations. Those two guys are amazing people. Hernando is very fortunate to have the both. I most definitely look forward for the opportunity to be able to serve with them. Well, that sounds really good, and that's, that's, you know I admire you for going ahead and reaching out and starting to talk to some people. You know, obviously you're not you know taking anything for granted, but just trying to do your homework. So if uh, you were elected, that you'd be ready. Kind of moving from that, why did you want to run for alderman? So what kind of you know you've been here as you said five or six years. What has what kind of spurred you this time to say, you know what, I want to throw my hat into the ring? Uh, and then what makes you the better candidate? What I did was uh, I had some erosion issues behind my home. And I'm the type of person, I'm a researcher. So therefore, I wanted to research about this particular creek that's behind my home. I reached out and contacted Mike McClendon. And we sat down and talked. Matter of fact, I probably talked to more people than probably what I ever really cared to, to concerning this. As far as, you know, getting myself educated on it, I uh, spoke from everyone from the uh, 
municipal level, the county level, state level, and federal level. Luckily, there were some monies that ended up getting freed up, if you will. Federal grants, the city applied for and got it. So this is not just assisting my home. This is assisting nine other homes, plus I'm not sure what the exact amount is. And I I would like to thank Mike McClendon as well as uh, Tom Ferguson for being patient with me being tolerant of me because I know that once I get fixated on something, especially like this, I don't let it go. <laughs> and I would like to also think, too, that that would uh, behoove me uh, if I am elected because I- I'll be honest, I'm not a politician. I'm a servant. And, uh, you know, this is the life that I know. And-, and this campaign, to be quite honest with you, is not about me. It's about piggybacking, if you will, on my predecessors. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of former politicians down here uh, that I've sat down and talked to, and, you know, I'm a listener as well as a speaker. Uh, what I mean by that is is that, you know, I, I learned a long time ago that, you know, when you listen to older people that have either walked in your shoes or walked close to your shoes, it behooves you and benefits you to listen. Hmm. My father, and I'm sure all fathers are like this, you know, if you, if you want the cold, hard truth, just ask your dad. Right. You know, I talked to my dad about this uh, before I ever did it. And he said, son, if this is what you want to do, then do it 110%. And I have zero doubt in my mind that, you know, you'll be successful at it. So I feel like up until this point in, in my networking and meeting people, uh, walking my ward, you know, I've already, matter of fact, at the first weekend of February, I walked. I had already walked my entire ward. It was 114,611 steps because <laughs> I kept up with it just to see. Wow, that covered you for over 10 days. Uh, right. There you go. <laughs> and so, uh, yes, I did that, and I met some amazing people that, uh, you know, have been very, very appreciative. And, you know, I tell people, uh, you know, when I knock on the door that, you know, if you have any cares, concerns, or questions about me, or things are, that are going down here, please reach out to me. I don't mind. I don't mind talking to you about this at any given time. And I would like to, you know, think that I, I'm approachable enough to where I'm, I'm, easy, I'm an easy person to talk to. I mean, I, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of acquaintances. And obviously through work, uh, you know, it's kind of conditioned me to be able to, in fact, talk to people and not be standoffish or uh, uptight or anything like that. Pretty relaxed, actually. Well, that's good. You say basically you're saying that you know you're approachable, um, and you kind of go off the old adage. You know, you have two ears, one mouth. You need to listen twice as much as just you talk. Amen. Now, I wanted to ask you a question. You, you mentioned that the, what really got you into this was the uh, the creek behind your house. Where was you, where is the uh, the neighborhood located that was having the issue? And uh, on Highway 51, it's Deer Creek subdivision. Okay. Like I said, you know, and, and, and I met and networked with these people, and we took a lot of pictures. You know, like I said, I did a lot of research on my own. Uh, you know, I would have never, quite frankly, done any kind of research to know what the federal statutes are on a labeled blue line stream, which I'm sure for the people listening might be one of the most boringest things you could ever think of. <laughs> well, believe me, this guy right here knows everything there is to know about it. So it's, uh, like I said, it, it was a challenge, and, and I, I readily accept challenges. When I'm challenged, I feel like I am better because it makes me concentrate more. Like I said, I just like to think that I bring a, a unique skill set to the, to the table that no candidate that I've ever seen since I've been here or any of the candidates on the table, and that's not in any way as a uh, as a backhand to any of the good candidates here because I've met the majority of them they're all great people all great people you know I I, I will say this between myself and my candidate um, I reached out to him uh, right after I declared he had declared a little bit before me and I reached out to him he can verify this I said listen you know what we're both running for the same spot regardless of that I'm not into you know I'm not going to bash you you know, when I go to people's homes, even if your sign's there, I'm not going to bash you because I, I, th- that's not me. I don't think that's productive. Uh, we've seen on the national spotlight that, you know, how divided it's made a lot of people. And uh, I think we need to get all the, the good people of Hernando, especially that board, all pulling on the same rope. I believe we're stronger as a team than we ever, ever will be divided. I'd like to think that, that uh, 
I can help facilitate that. We, we said here on, uh, on the show a lot, we just mentioned that, you know, it's about the position, not the person. Absolutely. Uh, and so you talked about how you were, you taught some of the predecessors and you were kind of following what they did. And I think that's very important, you know, for all the candidates. And, and I also do appreciate you saying that you reached out to him and said that you, know, you weren't going to do any mudslinging. And I think, I think, from the most part of what we've seen so far, that most of the candidates in all the wards are falling by that. You know, I, I think everybody's sick of what's happening on the national level. Just reaching out and knowing that, you know, one of you is going to win and one of you is going to lose, and then that you'll still live in the ward if you lose. So whoever that may be, you do need to – you will may have to call them. Uh, they may have to call well, you. And not, not only that, we may run into each other at the store, out to eat. Right. Kids may end up playing on the same ball team. You know, in other words, there may be some interactions, and there's no point in it and ever – it getting to the point of being awkward. Exactly. I mean, it is what it is. You know, it, it, whatever the people decide is what I'm good. With. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And so, everybody, I know you that you know. You, I know you have a platform for running, and there's there's some things that you definitely want to see. You may have a you know a list of three things. You may have a list of ten things. Uh, but what we kind of wanted uh, you to tell us this morning, what is the most important thing? So, if there was one thing, if they said, okay, you're elected, but you can only have one thing done in the next four years, what would that one thing be for you? Unite this city. Unite this city to where um, everyone buys in. We're all on the same page. And where we can uh, make Hernando the beacon light of North Mississippi. Meaning, you know, and obviously you say one thing. Well, that one thing to me trickles down into several things. You know, we need to address and figure out what ways, albeit if it has to be crafty ways, in order to raise revenue for uh, getting our parks and, and recreation department pointed in the right direction uh, to where, you know, we, we don't have Hernando kids that are either having to go to South Haven or Senatobia or Oxford or wherever to play ball tournaments. There's no reason why we can't do that here. I mean, yes, it, it may take some neat and interesting ways uh, to raise revenue without the possibility of raising property taxes. Uh, so therefore, like I said, and I'm also a big believer too in volunteerism, I know without any question that in this town we have some amazingly talented people that are more than ready to assist and help us, you know, get that off the ground. And I, I, I think I would uh, I, I would challenge, you know, the citizens of Hernando monthly or quarterly meetings on figuring out, you know, new and creative ways to go about doing this. Because however South Haven did it, Oxford did it, Senatobia did it, and, and any of these other communities that have, you know, robust Parks and Recreation Department, I think – there, there's no reason why Hernando can't do. Yeah, the uh, Parks Department, of course, we, I'm sure you're aware that they did the, uh, the study, the feasibility study that came out late last, last year, last fall. Uh, I've, I've read a little. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've studied it, but I've, I've skimmed through it. And I, and I think so, man. You kind of have a footprint of, of what you know. Of course, what they recommend. Now you don't. I mean, you could throw it away and say that it was a you know waste of money, or you could take it as the Bible. I mean, you could go either either side of that. But uh, I think that there's some good ideas in there, and I do think that you know there needs to be a champion uh, for that going forward, um, and in a leadership position, uh, whether it be you know the current. Uh, Parks Department, whether it be you know, some kind of retooling, uh, but of course that's going to be the board's decision, uh, and so it sounds like that that's you know one of the things that you want to look at you know unifying, uh, but then you know maybe under the unification that you talked about uh, being the number one thing looking at, at the Parks Department uh, to, at first uh, going forward. Now that's you mentioned the one thing that you want to see going forward or the one thing that you would like to see done. Now everybody, of course, we kind of figured that everybody was going to say, hey, um, you know, one thing I don't want to change is small town charm. And so we're, we're kind of taking that off the table. So besides the small town charm of Hernando, what is one other thing you would not want to see changed uh, over, the, over the next four years? Point to where that Hernando grows to the extent that you don't even know your neighbor or people on your block. You know, I, I'm a big believer in that. You know, I think, like, I use this as an example. I, I kind of put this out on the, on the Happenings page uh, not too long ago. Well, actually, I think it was during the middle of, of our little snowmageddon. <laughs> I said, listen, you know, to help the fire and police chief out, we need to have one unofficial block captain. Okay. So in other words, if, if something happens and, you know, we're locked down for two weeks or, you know, God forbid any longer or any other kind of weather related event, you know, heaven forbid we have a tornado or what like I said, any kind of weather event for that matter. Mm -hmm. If you have an unofficial block captain that that knows everybody on their street, we'll use that as an example, knows 
who, if anyone has any kind of needs, uh, if they're older people, uh, you know, if you have a child with special needs, you know, people that require immediate care versus, you know, people that are in reasonably good health that can, you know, could stand to do without electricity for two weeks or, you know, just something like that is just a small example. Like I said, just where, you know, you know your neighbors, uh, you know, because that can be extremely beneficial, mm -hmm. obviously, in that kind of event, but it can also be beneficial, too, like in a de facto neighborhood watch. You know, we don't ever want to see crime ever, ever, ever escalate, but it's also good to know that there are people on the block that pay attention because there's some people that go to work, come home, close their door, and that's it, you know, so there, and, and that's okay. But, you know, it helps out when, you know, when you have uh, uh, obviously a fresh set, if not several fresh sets of eyes out and about, uh, you know, looking that, uh, that notice things that are, that have a good situational awareness that are, that are uh, on top of things. And, and, and that's very much appreciated to the, the good people that do. Right. So, I mean, so basically a, a expanded take on the neighborhood watch. It's not just about crime. It's about just knowing the people, maybe not. As I mean, as quote unquote a personal friend, sure, but well enough to know, okay, you know, this, you know, this may have caused this, or we've had water out for forty eight hours. They have, I, we know that they're not mobile enough to get out of the house to find water, that sort of thing. Sure, that that or you know, the people that live at one two three X Y Z Street, uh, they've gone to stay with her, hmm. you know, with their relatives somewhere else you know we all love hernando um not also you know we can all say that we love the size but i mean the size when i came here was probably i came here in 04 so probably a little over ten thousand. uh we probably doubled in size since i've been here now my wife when she came here it was three thousand. so i mean you know everybody has you know says that they're comfortable with the size but and there's no exact size and we all know it's going to grow so i think that the the controlled growth is important but at the same time like you said to grow uh, but to uh, also not lose sight of, you know, who our neighbors are right. in and, a small-town community feel. And to add just a little bit to that, I think we definitely, in, in growth, we need to have smart growth. And what I mean by smart growth is is the fact that, you know, when we have a subdivision built here, we want a subdivision that in, that in the surrounding subdivisions, people don't lose their property value because these are, you know, smaller cookie-cutter houses. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, I would think that people live in more upscale homes do not want to see a smaller subdivision uh, that could possibly turn into multiple rental properties right next door to their, you know, to their investment, you know, because we've all invested our good money into this. You know, we don't want, you know, we want to see a return. We don't want to see a deficit on our on our investment. We talked about it on our show last week that the um, property out on Bright Road, uh, just outside of town, uh, came up before the Board of Supervisors and there was some rental properties in there, uh, but the Board of Supervisors kind of talked to the developer and uh, had, you know, with him removing that, they approved it. So that was, you know, kind of people on that side uh, of Hernando that weren't worried about something like that. And, and, you know, and so again, the people do have a voice and it seems that the, the leaders, uh, both supervisors and aldermen have been listening. So. Uh, I do that's good. I do appreciate you saying that. You know, wrapping up the interview, uh, we kind of letting every candidate, you know, just kind of give a, a two-minute, we're calling it an elevator speech, or just kind of your platform, kind of what you want voters to know about and, and why they should elect you come the election on April 6th. All right, well, listen, I just want to thank everyone for, for listening to this. And, uh, you know, I want you to know that the, the good people that I've met when I've been out walking around or people that have reached out and contacted me, thank you. It's very humbling uh, to know that a first-time candidate uh, can walk around and establish relationships with people. You know, they show confidence in me within two to three minutes of even talking to me. I'm, I'm just being honest. It's very humbling. You know, I am, you know, and I've, I've said this multiple times, but I'll say it again. I, I, I'm a servant, okay? This is not about me. This is about you. Uh, I'm the son of a servant. My dad served uh, with the Memphis Fire Department for 37 years. Uh, it's the only life I've ever known is government work. I mean, and it, it, it raised me. It's provided me a great life leading into my, that, that being my career of choice. Not, not only is it my career, it's, it's my lifestyle. And I, I would just respectfully ask that the citizens of Hernando uh, to choose me, you know, as your next alderman for ward four and i i can promise you this uh i, I still believe in a, in a handshake agreement and i also believe in keeping your word i i, I just want to make hernando proud 
another decision that that I chose to make uh, from the very beginning, and it's nothing against any other candidate. I self-funded my entire campaign on my own. And the reason why I did that, number one, is because, you know, this is my first time doing it. And number two, because I don't want to have anyone ever question me being influenced or if if there's going to be any distractions, because there's not. You know, I'm an honest person, sometimes a little too honest. Sometimes I wear my heart on my sleeve a little too much. But that's called passion, and, and I have a passion for serving. And I would just, hopefully, I'm elected to this body, and I promise you, and I give you my word that you will not be sorry. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, just, you know, again, putting your name out there. Thank you for uh, your heart, uh, your servant heart that you have, and for all the candidates who have put themselves out there. I mean, it takes a lot of guts to go out there and say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to you know, put myself up for scrutiny. Uh, put myself, you know, up to, you know, uh, out there in the public so, you know, people can judge me good or bad. Absolutely. And so uh, we do thank you for that. And we want to, uh, again, appreciate uh, Mitch Lemon coming in this uh, morning to sit down uh, at the UTW podcast uh, and to kind of get uh, his platform out there and why he should be the ward for Alderman for the city of Hernando. Uh, Mr. Lemon, we want to say thank you again. And, and good, thank you. And good luck to you. Appreciate you. I want to say thank you from Derek and myself uh, to Mitch Lemon coming in, giving some of his time. Uh, giving a few minutes to Derek to show his vision, talk about his candidacy for the Ward 4 Alderman seat here in Hernando. We want to wish Chad and Mitch good luck coming up this April, and we thank them again for their time. Listeners of the podcast, please educate yourself on this. If you live in Ward 4, share it with your neighbors. Share it with those people that are interested in Ward, Ward 4. But again, we're going to be doing this for all the different wards, so please share this episode with your friends, with your neighbors, fellow voters, to educate yourself on the candidates in Ward 4. If you enjoy what you hear each and every week on the UTW Podcast, please find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, on Twitter at UTW Pod, that's Twitter, UTW Pod, and most importantly, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Music, Spotify, continue to hit the subscribe button, but mainly continue to share it with friends and family, local people, let them know what's going on here at the UTW Podcast so we can continue to grow. As we sign off, I want to remind listeners, the UTW Podcast listeners, uh, another Rooster Production podcast that is taking place, OB Pod. Obviously, it stands for Olive Branch Pod, covering the eastern side of the county, covering Olive Branch. Released their first episode earlier this week. Great job by Zach and Cash, the two host co-hosts uh, on that podcast. So again, OB Pod, it is another podcast produced by Rooster Production, our production company. We'd love for our listeners to help them grow. Well, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time, Under the Water Tower. This is where we dropped off a pretty soon